Hey, 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 one love. Welcome back to your wonderful Wednesdays. So it has been two weeks since I recorded and this has been a great two weeks. It's been busy. Business has been good, but honestly, I have not felt great about not being able to record. You know, I, I that didn't set well with me, so I was not going to let it turn into a third week. Listen, no, I have, we have so much to talk about. I got a lot to fill you guys in on. So the direction of the podcast is changing a little bit more. Um, if anybody know me, you know that I try to do what I'm led to do. Now, the Lord has been working with me. He's been showing me some things that are still unfolding. Um, so we're going to move into this new area. I don't know exactly what to expect, but I'm looking forward to the experience. I'm looking forward to the journey. I'm looking forward to growing with my sisters because that's where this is going. The Lord has taken me more so down the road where we are not as much focused on um, so much so the things that we've experienced and you know what we've gone through. Those things are important. I do encourage everyone, please stay up to date. Please do your research. I'm not saying dive in and let the anxiety of you know the injustices tear you down completely. Don't let that be your main focus, no. But I do think it's important to stay aware. Because when we are aware, um, like the scriptures say, be be watchful and prayerful. Watchful. We're not. We, we're, we're not uh, idiots. We're not. And so we we should remain knowledgeable about what's going on, so that we can make the best moves, and so that we can make sure that we are sending our children in the right area. Because again, the main point of this is. To help our youth through the parents, right? I want to be able to make sure that we are ensuring our future generations. And the best way to do that, I believe, is to have the people in charge of them to be on the same page if possible, to think outside the box, you know, to look at things that we may otherwise overlooked but these vital things are things that really makes a difference when it comes down to our youth our children our future so all right you guys i when i tell you i have so much to fill you in on it's a lot there's a lot there's a lot um one of the things that i definitely have to talk about is the conference um, we, I, I was invited to a conference and I have to tell you the ins and the outs like this. It was crazy. Right. So let me tell you, anytime the Lord lead me to do something, there's always some resistance and I'm pretty sure you are feeling the same thing. Okay. So don't let that resistance stop you. Whenever you feel it, you have to press you have to press and you have to keep going, right? This is one of the reasons why I was not okay with not recording for two weeks, but at the same time, I have to be obedient. You know, I have to go 
in a way in which the Lord is leading me. Sometimes I may not understand everything, but I do pray for a spirit of obedience over all of God's people. Sometimes it can be kind of difficult, especially when you know what you're trying to do or you know what you're aiming for. And then you feel that resistance or sometimes if you know, you know, again, you may have a desire, but sometimes when the Lord is telling you to go a different way, you might get pushed or pulled in another direction. And sometimes it's kind of difficult to know when you should obey and when you should press forward to that resistance. But I do know this, that the Lord will always allow you to know the right thing to do. And it's going to feel right to your spirit when you call by him and when you have a job to do. So don't let the, the resistance stop you when it's trying to keep you from moving forward. Okay. Because that, when I tell you the resistance does not want you to reach the goal because it's a reason for it. So let me give you a prime example. So, uh, one of my regular clients scheduled a massage for her first lady. She said she really needed some relaxation and that, um, you know, she had been doing a lot. So I'm like, okay, the first thing I noticed was that she, the first lady was my last client for that day. The first thing I noticed was that as I left the client um, directly preceding her, you know, got on the road to her. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm not going to make it. That normally don't happen. I factor in time and distance between my clients. So I'm like, okay, I can eat up this road. I'm pretty sure I can make it, right? So then... I get on the road and you know, GPS normally let you know when there's road work, piles of cars, it'll normally have like a red, you know, you know, you're going to run into some traffic when you see that, when the, when the, when the route is coded in red, right? None of that, none of that showed up. So I just run into it. Damn. I'm like, wow. Okay. So as I'm sitting there and I'm traveling, I'm moving lights, starting red, green, yellow, red, green. I'm like, why are we not going nowhere? Get on the road, find out they're working on the road, right? And I'm like, okay. So I called my client who booked for her first lady. And I'm like, um, um, at first, at first I was like, you know, I do apologize, but I, I miscalculated the time in between. So, um, uh, do you still want to keep the appointment? I'm not going to make it there exactly on time. She said, yeah, you know, whatever amount of time she can get is fine. And that was, you know, prior to me running into the traffic. So I'm like, all right, he just rode up, get there. Once we got that squared away, traffic just stopped. And I'm like, okay. So I'm sitting there, traffic not moving again. Are we at the light? Nobody's going anywhere. And I'm like, why are we moving? Why can't we go? You know, I stuff like that annoys the crap out of me. So I started getting a little bit frustrated, like, okay. But I'm like, I have to stay calm, right? There's nothing that I can do um, about the fact that I'm on my way to put my hands on somebody. And the one thing I'm not going to do is impart negative energy. So I try my best to stay calm no matter what. And when it gets to the point where the day is going beyond what I planned, I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm going to just go ahead and take my hands off of it because anxiety, frustration, I cannot do a massage with the negative energy. I'm not going to be a conduit of negativity. I will. I refuse. I just won't do the massage if I, I can't. But the thing is, I've never had to do that. I say, Father, please take this negative energy, negative emotions, frustration away from me, Lord. This is not you. You didn't. You didn't. You, you did not give me this to pass on negativity. This is not what we do. I know this is not what I'm supposed to do. So you know, I calm on down. I'm like, Lord, I can't get there until I get there anyway. And I'm like, Okay, Lord let your will be done. So 
I called her back and I said, um, like, you know, wow, really, this is, I'm stuck in traffic, you know? So she said, well, all right, let me call, um, see if I can push back the stylist. I don't think she left yet. So call me back and she's like, all right, well, you got time. She can get a whole hour now. Then again, traffic stopped moving a little bit and I'm still stuck in traffic and people just started driving crazy. I was like, okay. And I'm thinking to myself, but by this point, I'm like, okay, something is really trying to keep this late. She must really need this massage. I said, I don't care how much time she get. Cause I told her the first time when I talked to her, I was like, well, if she can't get a full hour, I can do a chair massage. That way it'll be less time for her to have to disrobe, less time for me setting up more time for her getting the service that she need. That was when she said, she'll call me back. She'll come back to me. I can do the full body. So I'm like, okay, cool. So my thing is this though at that point when i said i just do the chair and then i started really feeling that resistance and then i just that i was seeing it i was feeling it it was like okay like what is keeping me from getting to this lady i said she must really need this and i said i don't care how much time she get i'm gonna do the best i can to give her the best massage possible so i get there and she get her whole hour. She loved the massage. She fell asleep, you know, apologized for snoring. I'm like, oh, please don't apologize. Please, no, 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 don't do that. Snoring is, first of all, I love it because you're asleep. I know you're resting. Secondly, you're not pulling against me because, <laughs> you know, when you're sleeping, you're, there's no resistance. So therefore, I can better do my job. And then the topping, the icing on the cake when a person goes to sleep, and especially well, when they go to sleep, period. But when they snore and it's like the body talking to me each each you know the way they inhale the way they exhale it let me know what i need to do how i need to do it so it's just you know me talking to the body i love when they go to sleep so like, please don't apologize like you, you thank you so after the massage um my regular client texted me said she loved it and she sent me the flyer for the conference again headed to do this lady massage and even when she booked it i had no idea about this women's conference that they were putting on i was invited she gave me a free pass to the conference i was like wow thank you it was a thursday friday and saturday that was a thursday that um i did her massage as my last client for the day i couldn't get to her thursday or friday couldn't get to the conference i pulled up and booked i had you know things to do but i'm like saturday i can get there so i woke up saturday morning I asked them, I text my client, I'm like, hey, when, when's it start? She told me foot washing was at like eight or nine, breakfast, and then service, right? So I'm like, okay. It was almost eight when I talked to her. I'm like, I'm not gonna make the foot washing, foot washing the communion. I'm like, that's okay. So when I do get there, it's almost 10 o'clock. And so I'm like, okay, right, right time for the word to start, cool, cool. So as I walk up, um, they had fellas that was leading the ladies, you know, letting know what door to go to, where it was at and everything. And it's funny because it seemed like, although this 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 service was in a shopping center, it's as if they knew everybody that was sent to this conference. I, I mean, even when I pulled up and I was looking for parking and the brother said, hey, I'm about to move. You, you, you here for the women's conference, right? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, you have my spot. I said, why well, can't I have a spot up there? He said, that's reserved for... Um, I think it was the, the one of those restaurants. I was like, oh, okay. And as I get ready to pop and think myself, how he knew this is where I was going. <laughs> so um I get out of the car and I walk down and brother like, hey, hey, sister, you know this. You coming you here for the women's conference? I'm like, yeah. He said, um, he said, breakfast is here. 
I'm like, well, I'm, I'm good. He said, you're eight. I'm like, no, but I'm, I can feed him this word because I, you know, I knew it was service by the side. He said, well, come over to some breakfast. And I go in and I'm like, okay, it's cool. I get in there. And I was happy because I could hear them from the next next room over. So I'm like, they were singing and I was like, okay, cool. I ain't missing nothing. I can still hear it. I enjoy my breakfast. And then I get over to, I, I saw my regular client and then I saw the first lady and I embraced them both. Happy to be there. When I get into the conference after breakfast, the lady had just now started speaking. And when I tell you everything that I needed, the Lord just had me to be there. And I got a word for myself, my sister, and my mom. And the thing is, I know God's word is a double-edged sword. So the people that, that this, even when she was directly speaking to people, she was also speaking to us. And I know that that we're not the only people who needed this message. And that it was then that I realized that the resistance that was trying to keep me from getting to do that massage was because I needed to be there. I needed to be there so that I can get invited to this conference, so that I can get the the new fire, you know, that that rekindling that encouragement, that motivation, and more importantly, that word that I needed. The word that, that keeps on giving because, again, it was a message from my sister, my mother, myself, and so many other women. And the Lord confirmed so much that he had already put on my heart. And I knew then, like, like okay, I felt the shift when I was studying Um, July, what's this? July 24th was when the Lord, well, around that time, this is when I wrote it, probably, I'm pretty sure I read it a few days before he actually, you know, normally how I go, most of the time he'll, he'll, he'll show something to me and then he'll lead me to write. It was on my heart then. And I didn't know exactly how it was going to come about or how it was going to be, you know, I didn't know where exactly the way he wanted me to use it but I realized that one of the avenues that is going to be done is through this podcast and so I'm like grateful you know like wow pretty much just blown away because the way the events transpired the way everything fell into place and again we just you know if you listen to the last episode uh, and you know, the one before that, you know, me and my co-pilot, I figured, you know, we was going to, Hey, it, it didn't go how I planned, but it's okay. It's perfectly okay. Cause that's still an avenue that I do think is important that we should explore. That's, that's a road we need to travel to be aware and to know the things that we can do to make things better for us as a people. The most important thing though, is your spiritual growth. Now, again, I try not to speak on things that are not within my area of expertise, or I try not to speak on things that are that I'm not knowledgeable of. And I don't know anything about being a man, but I do know what it's like to be a woman. And I know what it's like to be a woman of God. I know what it's like to be a woman on a mission. I know what it's like to be a single parent. I know what it's like to experience a life where you are striving and you constantly feel rejection, persecution, resistance, trials, tribulations, alongside the joys, the encouragement, and the inspiration 
And sometimes the fact that the two can go so hand in hand, if you're anything like me, that's enough to make you confused. And I don't do well with confusion. No matter, it could be a simple situation. I don't do well when I'm like, okay, I see this and I feel that. When the two don't align, it'll turn me up. I mean, it don't matter what the situation is. I mean, completely, it would have help me, help me gone. And whatever it may be that, that that one simple thing that might have you completely gone, those those be the moments that, that kind of have you feeling stuck. So I thank God for every time he lead me to a woman's conference because it pulled me right out of that mud. And at that point, I was kind of feeling like I was going into one. Because, okay, also, let me tell you this. The conference was Saturday when I went. It was Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. When I was able to make it, it was that Saturday. So Friday night, Friday night, um, in bed, talking to God, crying and praying, it's just an outpour. Was not I wasn't sure exactly who I was feeling, but I knew that I was feeling somebody else along along with my emotions and my sadness. And I was just talking to God about years and years of feeling pushed aside and i'm like lord i I do what you tell me to do but it's like father am i not meant for help am i not meant for um you know relationships certain kinds friendship or not you know romantic or 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 just platonic it seems that it does not it seems like i'm always in this spot to be by myself so i said lord if, if that's what you got for me okay cool can you help me to just accept it and deal with it and can you help me to to stay focused on you and not those emotions that come along with it because I don't want to be distracted everything you do have a reason and a purpose and if this one you got me this is where I know I'm supposed to be but I'm like father I, and thank you for allowing me to be able to talk to you I could have that outcry and that outpour I was able to just you know like father I don't understand feeling lonely right now because I've been by myself for a long time and I know that when you isolate me you move me to do things that only you can do in me. And you allow me to see things, you speak to me, you take away the distractions. So I don't understand this feeling of loneliness in this moment because I should be used to it. And I'm like, what is it? I, I can't say that I want a relationship. I can't say that I want to deal with friends because everybody deal with me. I feel like, oh, just leave me alone. So I was just confused and I was just, you know, feeling everything at that moment. But to be able to have that outpour to God, that, that just was such a release. So then, like I said, I get to this conference and she started out in Esther, talking about Esther. And I had to make the note because I'm like, oh, shoot, like, um, read Esther. I realized I never read Esther before. And as I read it, it's a 10 chapter book, <laughs> 10 chapters. And I, I don't think I ever read it. So that was, you know, great. I've heard the stories, but I actually read it for myself. I hadn't done that. And one of the things she was saying is, she was talking about, okay, so if you're not familiar with the book of Esther or the story of Esther, she was a Israelite and the king, they they were, the um, Israelites was living in Persia. Uh, well, in, in um, parts of Persia, it don't say exactly. Let me see, does it say exactly where they were? I know the king that they were under, he had 127 provinces and they spread from Persia to Ethiopia. So, you know, somewhere around there, they were exiled from 
um, um, Israel at that time. So that's where they were living. And it turns out that the queen, his his queen didn't obey his order. So he got another queen. And so they had all of the women dress up and they were perfumed for, they did like, a, I think it was like 12 weeks, 12 months. And each woman would stand before him. And if he was pleased with him, then, you know, he'll send for him. It turned out she, he was most pleased with her. Esther was raised by her uncle Mordecai. He would come stand outside the gate every day. So Esther um, became queen. And as Israelites, you don't bow down or serve any other God. One of the king's officials, he raised him to a high ranking where he had a decree where everybody bowed down to this official. Mordecai didn't do it. And it enraged him. Although he had everybody else bow to him, that one person that didn't bow, he wanted to kill all the Jews because of it. So they issued a decree and it was about to happen. So he sent word to Esther. Mordecai sent word to Esther saying, you need to do something about this. You need to stop this. And she said, I'm queen, but I can't just basically this how I played out of my head, okay? Like I'm queen, but I can't just roll up on the king. If he ain't summon me and I go to him, I could die. And so Mordecai, like, how do you know that you haven't been called into the, to be a queen for a time such as this? How do you know how do you know that this is not why you there? And he said, It's okay, you don't have to do it. Cause God gonna deliver us. He's gonna make a way. But you and your family going to die. And then he also told he said, don't think that because you up there that you'll be spared. When they kill all the Jews, you're going to die too. So what she did, right? Knowing the rules and everything. She told him to have all of the Jews fast for three days and pray with her. And she said, me and the woman attending me, we're going to fast for three days and we're going to pray. After those three days, she went, presented herself before the king. He accepted her. And if he, if he hold out the gold scepter, then you can come in. You're not going to die, right? So she, he, he went to her and she, he, 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 she, he asked her what she wanted. She said, let me put on a banquet for you. So long story short. Um, and then she ended up to asking him to spare her people and everything. And God, he did it as reading this book in, in the, um, I read this with the Complete Jewish Study Bible. It's got a lot of footnotes and things at the bottom. And I read, I've learned that Esther is the only book of the Bible where there is no immediate references to God. Like, it's, it's just a story of them. Now, you do still see God move. And what the thing is I love about, like I said, she didn't make a move. She didn't just run in. She told them to fast with her for three days. They fasted and prayed for three days. And I don't believe that it was, you know, she didn't just do it herself. She asked all of them to do it with her. So it's, it's just like when we say, come on, your prayer warriors. You know, we got this going on. The community need to pray together. The great things can be done. Haman was the man that issued a decree that he wanted to kill all of the Jews. Haman ended up, him and his sons, they ended up being killed by the Jews. Actually, no, Haman, I'm sorry, Haman was, um, I believe he was hanged because it looked as if he was, you know, trying to be, uh, what's what I'm looking for? 
basically disrespectful to the queen by being left with her and, they, and so the king came back and like oh you trying to rape my wife you know <laughs> so the thing is this well as i read that the scriptures say that the enemy will dig ditches you know they will plot plots they will they will they will have traps that they themselves will fall into and that's exactly what happened with Haman. the word of god is real and it's true and then i got so much encouragement from that and as i looked at it god used esther esther is a woman so let me backtrack a little bit going back to going back to uh the july reading but i was this is why i was in genesis and it's interesting because after esther the lady at the conference the the, the speaker i wish i could remember her name but I, I don't recall her name she was in genesis also she was talking about how when god made first made the earth and after he made man and animals and everything it didn't have you know the earth didn't have any flowers or grass you know it, it didn't look like much but God told Abraham, um, Adam, excuse me, God told Adam that, you know, he keep, keep working it, you know? And it's interesting. She said that when God sent you a job, when he put you on a mission, when he got, we got something for you to do, it may not look like nothing in the beginning, but he have everything you need to grow it. And immediately that just felt my spirit, filled my spirit because I started thinking about the massage business. When I first started this massage business years and years and years ago, I was still working at Walmart. Actually, before I even got to Walmart is when I first started trying to build clientele, kept running into brick walls. Didn't look like anything, but it's thriving and well today. Praise be to God. And I look at this podcast when I first started out. And even now, I'm pretty sure like I, I don't know how many haven't checked, but I I'm, it was it's never about having the biggest following or anything like that. But and I also know that when you don't have the content that the world is looking for, that you won't get many much attention you know as the scriptures say broad is the gate and many that are on the lead to destruction but narrow is the path and few that are on the leads to righteousness so i never was expecting a big big outcry anyway you know a big turnout i'm sorry i didn't say outcry but a big turnout um and so a lot of things i do it look like it doesn't look like anything it doesn't look like it's going to be anything at all but that doesn't mean that it's not going to be anything in the future and i say that to encourage you Whatever the Lord put on your heart, whatever you go, whatever you're starting out to do, whatever it is that your message or your job is, don't be discouraged by the fact that you may not get a lot of feedback. Don't be discouraged by the fact that you may not get a lot of attention to begin with. But as as the scriptures say, He gonna send the water from somewhere else. You know, though He gonna send exactly what you need at the time that you need it. But you gotta stay there and you gotta press through. Don't let that resistance stop you because the resistance, no matter how it come, whether it's negative comments, whether it's negative energy, whether it's situations that seem to come into play that seem like it's preventing you from doing what you're supposed to do, don't let none of that stop you. And I think when I listen, I'm pretty sure I've said it before. But when I was writing a book, when I was typing up the book, I when I actually when I was writing the book, I had no idea that it would turn out to be a book. I was journalizing, I was seeking guidance, I was seeking strength, I was seeking encouragement, and I was writing out everything that I thought I would need so that I can come back to it at the time that I may need it. I didn't know that the Lord was put me in that place and had me isolated, had me go through that that tough situation so that my pain could be someone else's healing. I didn't know that at the time. 
And when he led me to the point where, oh, look, this is what you're supposed to do with this. Do you think it was easy for me to type up that book? It was not. And that's why I'm so proud of what it turned out to be. Typos and all, because the resistance on me was great. But I didn't give up. And I encourage you not to give up. When I was going to school for massage therapy, my mom got sick halfway through. When I first started out, I worked work six to eight, went to school nine to one, went back to work two to seven, went home, read a chapter a night. I had five chapter tests every week. So every day I read a whole chapter, I studied my notes. It wasn't easy. When my mom got sick, it got even harder. And I only can say to God be the glory because I don't know how I made my car payments, my car insurance, and paid for school out of pocket when I didn't go to work the whole three months she was in the hospital. I don't think I went to work hardly ever because I was at school and at that hospital. It was definitely not easy. It was one of the hardest, like even during that process, one of the hardest things that I ever had to do was tell my mom, like, it's okay for you to feel like you gotta go on. That's, you know, what the doctors told us we needed to do. And at the end of the day, my sister said, you know, we need to make sure that if she do go, that she can go in peace. It was not easy. And thank God he spared her. He gave her more time. But that resistance was there. And I encourage you, please don't give up. You got to fight. You got to fight because the reward is worth it in the end. It's truly worth it in the end. I will see you guys in the next segment. Hey, 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 my beautiful people. Welcome back to the second segment of the One Love Wonderful Wednesdays podcast. Thank you guys for joining me again. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And again, I do apologize for the last two weeks that I have not recorded. So, all right, so before I move on, um, I really, I just wanna share a few of the notes that I took from the conference because I feel like they're so beneficial and I feel like there's so many of us, men or women, that can use this information, okay? So, one of the things that automatically stood out to me is that now is a time of action, right? And I see that going everywhere. I see people coming together. When I was at the last pop-up event that I um, attended, I saw so many like-minded individuals. I'm like, oh my goodness, we need to connect. We need to work together because now was the time for us to, he said he gonna gather his people. Now was the time of action for for that to come about. The next thing, um, the next note that I think is so highly important that we remember is to seek first the kingdom of God. When you seek God first, everything else will come into play everything else and don't forget that when god made us he made man he made adam and he made eve they were made in the image of god he said let us make man in our image so you are made like god that means that you have a portion of his abilities no we aren't as great as him but you are a creator you are inventive you are a a go-getter you can handle the opposition because as one of the Quran said, a soldier without a foe does not know his strength. So don't think that we're supposed to have these labs and we're not supposed to have the resistance and we got to have a balance, right? 
Sometimes the resistance can just keep you humbled enough to know that you got to continuously look to God. Because sometimes when things go too well, we kind of, we, we tend to let him go and we can't have that. Okay. Because that's when we get sidetracked. So God has given us the ability to operate like him. It's up to us whether we do or not, but you definitely have the ability. And again, like um, I already mentioned this one, but when he first sent you into something, it looks like nothing. And she used Genesis 2 and 4 when um, in, in the lady in the conference because it says, and this is reading from the, from the Complete Jewish Study Bible, but it says, um, oh, well, I'm going to go straight to it. verse 4. Here's the history of the heavens and the earth when they were created. On the day when Adonai God made earth and heaven, there was yet no wild bush on the earth and no wild plant had as yet sprung up for Adonai God had not caused it to rain on the earth and there was no one to cultivate the ground. So it was nothing there when God first made it. It was nothing. And when he first sent you into your task, you may not see anything, but stick with it. I promise you, God is going to... He's going to, when you, when you, 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 you're going to start seeing the seeds spring up. And while you're there, remain obedient. Look for the signs. One of the, one of the things you said to God is God wants immediate obedience. This is one of the things that I admire most about Abraham. He was, and I believe that this is why the covenant God, you know, promised him a covenant. Um, and we're going to touch on that at the end, but this is the reason why, because, um, he was so obedient, okay? Whatever you need, God already has provisions for it. And she used verse eight for that. And she was talking about the garden, I mean, the, the river that God had planted in the garden and how it spread through four streams, but it watered everything that needed to be watered. Another note, everything you need was created for you. It's going to flow to you. You do God's work and God's work will work for you. That last part is kind of paraphrasing this how I heard what she said just so you know i don't want to quote her wrong but she did say everything you need was created for you and it's going to flow to you okay so again this is just some motivation and some encouragement and then it was interesting how she tied in the um she said god does a breath check and she started talking about covid and how we got to wear masks and this when you have it it's hard to breathe and everything else and she said everything that she's a scripture that everything that has breath praise you the lord everything that has breath and she's also talking about how god breathed the breath of life into Adam, she, Adam, the breath of life. And she was talking about how everything right now, I want to take your breath. She said, that's the enemy. Don't let it take your breath. So when you are isolated, you spend time with God. You see your worth and you find your purpose. All very vital and very important things that really has to happen in order for you to reach the goal that God set for you. And when, when it comes to the kingdom of God, if you don't know who you are, you will become what they call you. Many of us have become that. Many of us. And I mean many, most, the majority of us have become what they called us. Instead of what we are, we are children of God. Again, I can't speak too much on the male side of things, but as far as the females go, we are not what society has caused us to think we are. We are women of standards. We are women of morals. We're honest. That's who you are. 
I don't care the things that you've done. I believe that's who you are. And even the men, you are providers, you are protectors, you are servers. We're all servers of each other, of, of ourselves, and most importantly, of the most high. We just got to get back to it. But there's no doubt in my mind that that's who you are. I, again, I don't care what you've done. I see you all as honest, intelligent, moral, people of standards who know how to take care of themselves and others, who know how to deal with people properly, respectfully, and in the right manner. I don't care what the world called you. And again, I don't care what you've done because I believe that's who you are. And I need you to stop believing that for yourself. When you believe it for yourself, then you can believe it and you can see it in other people and we can move forward in that action. It says, um, this is a book actually, and I have to find it. If you want to walk on water, you have to get out the boat. Because again, this is the time for action. And it's funny because I read this and, oh, that just came together for me. Makes sense, makes sense, makes sense. Well, I think when I first started the, um, I need to listen back to some of my previous episodes. But I believe that I was reading a book called The 10 Spiritual Principles of Successful Women. And that was one of the things that she talked about when Peter was in a boat. She was saying that we don't ask for miracles. We don't ask for things beyond what we feel like we need. Because they, in the boat, that was storming. And they needed, they wanted Jesus to stop the storm. But Peter was like, can I, can I come too? Like you asking for something on top of something else. But it's no, it's nothing you can ask for that's too hard for God. So go ahead and um, go ahead and put your plan into action. And, and just start expecting better than what you can even think. Okay. And another note, it's time to put into action a plan that God put in you. Whatever it is that's tugging at your heart, don't let it. Don't let it stop pulling. Don't let it go dormant. Don't let it go silent. Don't call. Don't let anything cause you to put it on the shelf because the resistance is there so you can see your strength, okay? The resistance is there for you. Use it. Let it strengthen you. Iron strengthens iron. Let that thing cause you to see just how strong, determined, and powerful and creative you are because you are, and I can't say it enough, and it's another another thing she said is the kingdom of God was built on movement. Again, this is a time for action. If you get a chance, go ahead and read Esther. She said that we serve a global God. The kingdom of God should go everywhere. Whatever you're working on, go bigger. Invest in what God invests in and he invests in people. She said you have to be willing to give your life for the betterment of people. Your pain is someone else's healing. God also invests in children. And again, oh man, it was so much at this conference. So again, the children are important. She said, you ever wonder why everybody always trying to get your your children? You go on a cruise, so we'll take your kids. We'll take your kids. And the way you go, well, yeah, we'll take your kids. Why do they want your kids? She said, while you're trying to get rid of them, they trying to get them because they know the power of them. If you get somebody's child, you can direct and lead that child and you directing and leading the future of that, of that whole race. That whole people, that whole what a community, whatever it is, you get the children and you have the future them. Protect your kids. Don't just push them off. When they start frustrating you, calm them down. Sit them down. Get them in the word. Get them come pray over them. Don't allow your emotions, your frustrations, your everything else that you're trying to do. You say, yeah, I'm trying to do this and the kids get on my nerve. Well, you need to involve them then. 
whatever it is that you're doing that they won't give you the time and the distance to do, then involve them. Give them a, a job to do with it because apparently they got too much energy or I ain't say too much, but apparently they got enough. Divert it. Make them a part of it. Don't push them away. Don't send them out into the world and then wonder why that's where they are. We, our children are vital. It's, it's important that we encourage them and teach them. She said that she talked about how you bring your enemies to the table. Um, and, and Esther, when she invited Haman, she knew that Haman was trying to kill Mordecai and all of her people, including her. And she invited him to the banquet. And it was at the banquet where she told the king about his plan and everything else. So she said, she said, while, while, while we walking around worried about doing this for our haters and our enemies and we worried about them, bring them to the Lord. That's what it need to be anyway. And you leave them right there. And she said, you shake the dust off your feet. You keep it going. She said, you know, God favors people because he paved the streets with gold. He put it under his feet. Material things is, is not the thing that he's after. She said, yet he made a place for people. But he paved the streets with gold. You walk on that. That's under your feet. The material things is not what you're after. He's after the heart and the soul of his people, of the beings. She said, whatever you need to make it thrive, God is going to bring. You just have to stick with it. She also said he's coming after your breath. So keep your breath. She said with the mass, she learned to not speak so much. She said she learned to guard her tongue. She said she learned that her brother's important. So for her, it made her more aware of speaking the right things and knowing what to say and when to say it. And I'm like, wow. She also said, when you get access to God, don't ask for anything self-serving. Now, there's a scripture that says that whatever you ask for, he'll give you the desires of your heart as long as it's within his will. So therefore, he he don't. And then I have a Quran that says that he do he don't do he he don't like when people spend in, in extravagance. So if you're thinking that you're gonna get rich by serving God's people, and you're gonna be, you know, it don't mean it can't happen. All I'm saying is that if God's hand is not in it, then in the end, will the reward be worth the risk? Because again, you can have, you you can gain all those materialistic things, but when you stand before God and He said, "I told you to do this," and instead you did that, that reward for that is not going to be pleasing to you. A lifetime of eternity and uh, pain and suffering. No, I don't think you'd want that. So, everything you go through, wash the dust off your feet. And I thought that was so important. Because I started, it was one lady that she spoke to and she said, if you may have been rejected, and again, this goes for all of us. We've all experienced something, but there are certain people who feel more rejected than others. There are certain people who feel that they don't fit in anywhere. And again, I can relate. And I'm pretty sure you can. So many of us can feel, can, can relate to the feeling of wondering why we just can't find where we belong. Like wondering why, like, how is it that everybody else got that somebody? Or how is it that everybody can fit in this circle? When I talk to them, I don't hear what I got. It's everybody seems to shut me up, push me over, you know, slide me to the side. They're not concerned about what I go through or how I feel. So many of us have experienced that because it's a real thing. But what she said was that 
the reason why you don't fit in is because that's not where you belong. And if you were to be there, then you would get complacent and you get stuck. But God got a specific job, a unique task just for you. And you have to go on your road in order to do it. And then you got to be by yourself in order to hear God so that you can follow him precisely. When you got a unique task to do, you can't be among the masses. That's not a unique task. All that chatter is going to cloud up your ears and you're not going to be able to hear God. She said that he moves like a surgical incision. He, he not, you know, all over the place. He's intricate. He's intentional. And again, with precision, exact and to a T. So that means he got something specifically just for you. And you can't, you can't do that amongst everybody else. She used a scripture that talk, that that says the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And the last note that I have from her is that delay is not denial. It's not denial. Just because you may not see it, you may not feel it, you may not think it's going to move or happen for you. You may see everybody else reaching their goals and seem like you ain't getting yours. Delay is not denial. Another thing she said about those people who seem like they always moving forward, always moving forward. See, a lot of times people want to move on a thing that's already moving because, hey, it's already working for you. Let me hop on that. Let me be a part of that. Let me join this crew. But that same crew, you want to be a part of them when they go down to destruction. Do you want to be a part of that? If you don't want to be a part of that, then just don't jump on. Stay where you are. Keep working the field that he gave you because when the, when the harvest come in, it's going to overflow. And you're going to need to be ready. You're going to need to be prepared. And most importantly, you're going to need to be rooted and grounded. Because sometimes the harvest can grow so much that it can uproot you and you lose track of the whole point that God sent you there for in the first place. You lose track of God, you lost track of everything. Even if you had money still rolling in. It's not worth it. So I had to share those notes because I know that there are so many women who feel rejected, who have experienced rejection. And the thing is, not only women, men have the same tasks and they have the same problems. They feel rejection. Men go through things that feel like no one want them and they wonder why they, no matter what they try, they feel like they keep falling into the same pits and same holes and same problems. And the thing is, when God got a job for you to do, he got a job for you to do. So, um, she immediate, um, yeah, God, God wants immediate obedience. One of the things, like I said, I noticed about Abraham was that when God told him to move, he moved. Whether it was to pack up his family and go to a land he'll show him, whether it was, um, you know, telling him to go sacrifice his son, he he went to do it. Um, it was one more thing. Hold up. Oh man, it was something about. Oh well, okay. I guess it's gonna have to. I guess I'm gonna have to. I guess I'm gonna have to share it when I do the study group. So listen, please be a part of the study groups. I'm gonna start that back. I've only done a few. The there's a um, YouTube channel. I'm gonna post it on the One Love Facebook page. So. Cause I don't remember what I named the channel and I don't want to try to say you wrong or waste time trying to figure it out. But if you check out the Facebook page, one love 
Facebook page. I will post it on there. Um, again, at this point, I don't know exactly the direction that the podcast is going to go in because, oh, that's what it was. Ha ha ha. Talking about the children. The children. And it was, um, I'm going to have to. Our children is our heritage, the weapons in our hands. The weapons in our hands. Listen, if you raise your kids up and teach them to be men and women of God, if you teach them the ins and outs of society, what to expect, how to navigate this world, this place, wherever you live, that right there is your ammunition. That is your way out. The scriptures say, train them up in a way in which they should go. When they get older, they won't depart from you. There's a reason for that. Now, it was it was something else, though. I don't, my goodness, I'm gonna feel crazy when I listen back and um, do my editing and find out what it is. It was something else because I had a personal experience with it, but it left me at the time, so I guess it won't meant to to say. Listen, I know this one is um this podcast is a little bit different. I'm just trying to find my way, y'all. I'm trying to figure out how the Lord want me to do this thing because it's so much that He put on my heart. The study groups, definitely. It's time for us to reach back into Him because you know, I truly believe that as God's people, we are all His people, right? And we got to turn back to him. A lot of us feel like, you know, with all of the rejection, with all of the frustrations, with all of the situations, all of the injustices, that there is no God, but there really is a God. And a lot of us feel like if there can be a God, then how can all this happen? Because he's God. The fact that there's nothing that he can't handle, change or fix. Why can't he allow it to happen? And again, we forget that that there's a balance in everything. He's a God of design, intricate design and balance. So there is nothing that's going to get too far out of hand. Sometimes we forget about God when things get going way too good. Sometimes we blame him when things go down too far. Or according to what we feel like is too good or too far. And we forget that we need a balance. And if you don't have a balance within yourself, then you're going to have to get it from somewhere else. It's going to have to come from an outside source. So if we balance ourselves, if we stay focused on the kingdom, if we continue to strive to serve him and follow his will and do the jobs that he put in us to do, then chances are we won't be imbalanced. Chances are we wouldn't get so big headed that we look down on other people and feel like people are not good enough for us. And we're supposed to be there to fishermen's and men. We're supposed to be there to help them and deliver them. And not that we can deliver them, but our life can be a testimony. And whatever happened to accepting the fact that somebody else is on a whole different journey. So we get to the point we turn our nose up because we're so holy and mighty, but we're not. Just that action right there shows that you're not. So we have to get back we have to get back to the place where god is our main focus and he's our number one because when you put him first everything else falls into place and when you seek and lean and depend on him then 
You have an everlasting stronghold. He is a fortress, a mighty God in whom you can trust. He has never let me down. He's never stirred me wrong. I know that I have not been a perfect person because none of us have. And if this goal and the life, if the, the goal of this life was to be perfect, then it wouldn't have, it would not be designed. It wouldn't look, it wouldn't have anything the way it is. Perfection is not the key. Striving to do better is. Because once you, once something is perfected, there's nothing else more that you can do to it. Once something is in its perfected state, then it is, it, it is all that is going to be. And if you have reached perfection and there's no more improvement, but our improvement is infinite. There's always something that we can do better. There's always something that we can see better because God is just that good. He's just that creative. We will never reach his level. I don't believe we were ever intended to because we're not him. We have flesh and blood. We have temptations and trials. We have sadness, anger, and pain. We have joy. We have pleasures. And all of those can be taken out of context. I don't believe that the goal of this life is to navigate it perfectly, but to learn how to develop into the best form that you can be. So I believe that as long as we continue to strive and learn and grow, then we can move forward. And those coming after us, we're supposed to help them out because it's so, like I said, we have so far to go and we have so much work to put in that the things that I may have uh, achieved as far as advancement and betterment in my life, I should be able to pass that on to the younger generations or anyone that, anyone, everyone, I should be able to help them in areas where I need help or where they currently need help if it's something that I can help them with so that they can move further than what I have gone because they ain't gotta fall in the same spots that I fell. How can we move forward if we continue to backtrack? We're supposed to be building up, right? Think about it. Can you build a house if every brick you lay down, you also move out the way? Or if say you lay a brick in this spot and then you go to the next spot and then lay another brick. You go to the next spot, you never start to build on it. You gotta pile onto it in order to get the foundation. In order to get any type of height, you gotta step on it. So it's gotta pile up. You can't start new every time. And with this information, we need to pile up onto each other. So that the next one that come along can stand on our head, the next one stand on their head, the next one stand on their head. Meaning we are helping them. They're not stumbling in the same place as where we stumble. We're not parallel to each other. We're stacking moving forward. We're going up. So this is um, you know, like again, I'm not exactly sure how the Lord is gonna move this forward, but um, I do know that we are definitely we're going to have to continue to go in the right direction. So there's a women's class that the Lord has put on my heart and I'm putting together. Um, I feel like that note was something dealing with that. Oh my goodness. Something that I wanted to, um, it was, it's, that's what it
We got to get better, not only for ourselves, but for our families and our future generations. God didn't make us an island to ourselves. So when you're feeling rejected and you're feeling set aside, just know that it's not to hurt you. Ask God what he's trying to show you. Ask him for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Ask him for eyes and ears and a mind and a heart to see, hear, and comprehend so that you can move forward and pray for obedience. I pray for obedience for all of you. That's one of my constant prayers for all of God's people. I pray that we will begin to see him, understand him and follow him because his will is going to be done. Whether you're willing to help him or not, it will be done. Just like Mordecai told Esther, if you don't be a part of it, then you and you, you will perish. All y'all gonna perish. You and your family. Don't think that you can just sit up there, God, put you in a position to move and then you just going to take the position and run for your glory. That's not how he worked. So I pray for obedience. I pray that we all have hands and feet and a heart and desire to work for the Lord, to serve him and ourselves and others because he's a God of service. So with that, you guys, this podcast has been maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit different than the most recent but I try to be obedient and it was really on my heart. I had to share. And I just know that there's so many women specifically. And again, it don't mean it's not men, but I know so many women that feel that they don't know what their particular job is, or even if they matter, but you do. All of you do. Women and men, children too. There's no age limit. We got to start involving our babies. Okay. We got to start teaching them and showing them and leading them and guiding them. We got to we gotta start watching for God so that we can see how he's moving, so that we can make sure that we are moving in that same way also, because he will never overpower your free will. You got a right to choose. I just pray that we all choose wisely. Thank you, guys. I have enjoyed speaking with you. And again, I apologize for the last two weeks where I've been absent. If there was anyone who was actually looking forward to hearing from me or Arch. I don't know exactly, you know, if we're going to be able to move forward with Arch. That's the other thing. Our schedules are a little bit crazy and I can't continue to shut down. You know, just when I feel resistance, I got to move forward. So we was, I know the two weeks and then get a chance to record, but there won't, I pray for it. There won't be too much more of that. So you guys, Thank you again, and I apologize for the last two weeks. Great day, beautiful people.